Jeremiah in chapter number 1. Now, it's always exciting to me when I go through the church service and I know what, uh, I know what I'm preaching on and nobody else does. And I get to watch the church service as it unfolds and as the, the different people that are involved in their particular places in the church meeting begin to try to seek the face of the Lord for what God would have them to do in the meeting. I know some preachers and I will not criticize them. It's just they have a different practice than what I do, I suppose, in their churches. But they sort of direct everything that happens in the services and it sort of happens upon their uh, direction and command and so forth. And if that's what uh, those churches want to do, that's their business. But it's a great blessing to me to watch as other people fulfill the offices in the church and do their duties in the church and begin to try to be a blessing in the church services and the Sunday school lessons, singing and the testimonies and whatever else. And I know what the Lord has put on my heart for the message and I can see God just sort of laying the bricks and and putting the mortar in and sewing things up and getting it ready to lay the foundation for the Word of the Lord. That's always an encouragement and a help to me. And I appreciate the fact that God, if we'll let Him, if we'll get out of the way and let Him, God knows how to direct the meeting and He knows how to condition our hearts to receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save our souls. And then it's up to us to become a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. And so this morning I feel like the Lord has so adequately and so graciously has laid a foundation for the Word of God this morning. And I pray that you'd have a receptive heart to the preaching of the Word of the Lord from Jeremiah in chapter number 1. If you have found your place, if you're able and willing, I'd invite you to stand with us to reverence the reading of the Word of the Lord from Jeremiah in chapter number 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 beginning in verse number 4 is where we'll start in our reading and we'll read a portion there and then read at the end of this chapter if you'll follow along with us in your Bibles. Jeremiah 1 and 4, the word of the Lord says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, The Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. Look down in verse number 17. Thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defensed city, and an iron pillar, and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us while I read the word of the Lord. Now it would be impossible for me to tell you what the first chapter, all of the book of Jeremiah, but the first chapter especially of Jeremiah has meant in my life. These verses in verse number 5. Well, really, especially in verses number 5 through verse number 9, the Lord used tremendously in my youth as a young man as He was dealing with my heart about preaching the Word of the Lord. And especially that phrase, be not afraid of their faces. And uh, I had an issue somewhat of, I never have been afraid to get up and talk to people, but I had a problem with stuttering a lot when I was a child. And I felt like for certain that that would carry over into my preaching and Uh, Thirteen years old when the Lord saved me and began to deal with my heart about uh, sharing the word of the Lord and being God's man. And 
That was my complaint unto the Lord was that I, I will, I'll do it. Surely as a world I'll be willing to, to carry the gospel if you'll just give me this amount of time and give me these days and I'll wait until such and such time and I'll plan this out and I'll schedule it on my terms. But the Lord doesn't let us schedule things on our terms. And I thought to myself, well, they'll not listen to me. They'll not pay attention because I don't have credibility with them. I don't have silver in my hair like some of those old preacher men do and so forth. But the Lord reminded me that it was not my word that they were supposed to be listening to anyway. It was the Lord's word. And I was to preach what He laid on my heart. And, and He said, if you've got my word in you, don't be afraid of their faces. And I'm going to tell you, I've seen some faces over the past 27 years preaching. Some of them's been smiling faces. Some of them's been shocked faces. Some of them's been mean faces. Some of them's been sick looking faces. I've seen some people that looked like the gallbladder had exploded inside of them while I was preaching. You see all kinds of faces, but the Lord has said, fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of their faces. And this, these are the verses that the Lord gave me when I was wrestling with the call to preach. But I'm thankful to be God's man this morning. And I'm looking at this chapter of the Word of the Lord here today in Jeremiah in chapter 1. Jeremiah's book of prophecy is considered one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And Jeremiah is one of the most well-known prophets in the Bible. He's often referred to or called the weeping prophet because his ministry was one of mourning. He suffered great persecution and discouragement. He endured hatred and political attacks and personal injury. He began preaching as a very young man and he continued in the ministry even into his old age. He had a long, long ministry. But it was not a long successful ministry. It was a long difficult ministry. It was a long, long ministry. And it was a long unappreciated ministry. And yet the Lord appreciated Jeremiah. And yet when men did not approve of him, God approved of him. And when others did not listen, God said, tell the story again. If nobody's listening, Jeremiah, preach it again anyway. If they shun you, if they turn you away, don't be afraid of their faces. If they grip their teeth, don't get scared. If they refuse your word, don't cower down. If they oppose you and fight against you. I told you when I called you that they would be against you in verse 19. But he says, I'll be for you. I'll stand with you. And I'll protect you. And I'm thankful that the Lord did. He endured much. He even thought about quitting. He even tried to quit, but he couldn't stand it. He found a fire set up in his bones. And he could not forbear in Jeremiah 29. There's a lot to be said of this preacher Jeremiah and of his preaching and of his book of prophecy and of even this first chapter of Jeremiah which has been a huge influence in my personal life but I'm drawn to a phrase that is found in the verse of Numbers uh, 8 and again in verse number 19 he said in verse number 8 be not afraid of their faces for I am with thee if you don't have it this morning you ought to underline italicize bold face of that phrase highlighted I am with thee in verse number 19 again he said they shall fight against thee but they shall not prevail against thee for I am with thee I'm glad he is this morning I am with thee and that is our text here today I am with thee I'm glad I do have a heavenly father watching over me each day I do have a shepherd that sees after my interests. I do have somebody with me all the way. I am grateful that I have the presence of the Lord walking by my side every day. Some would use this phrase casually. We're with you. I've had people tell me whenever we started the church here some 20 some odd years ago, just over 20 years ago we got started. I had folks that was telling me, they said, now if you'll get started, we'll be with you. And then I looked around and they weren't with us. And I have some that said, if you'll just if you'll just buy that piece of land and get that building over there, we'll be with you. We'll go over there and we'll help clean it up and we'll help do this 
person there. That Saturday morning work day had come around and they weren't anywhere to be found. They said, we'll be with you, but they just said it. They didn't do it. I had folks tell me, well, if you'll just try to do the work yourself and cut some corners and not hire contractors and all this stuff, said, we're going to get in there and all of us is going to do the work with you. And then it comes to about 1 o'clock in the morning, we're digging and still are working and seemed like, Brother Eddie, there's just a handful of us. And just that same faithful fear that was in the ditch. Many of those who said they would be with us were with us. Thank God for those who were with us, by the way. And praise the Lord for those who did stay by their word and who did commit and who did give and who did labor and who did make those things possible. But if everybody who ever told me they were with me had actually been with me, I wouldn't need another building twice this size to put us all in this morning because there's been a whole lot of folks that said casually, I'll be with you. And yet they turned and gone another route. But I'm going to tell you what the Lord says, I am with thee. You can take that to the bank. You can count on it. You can live by it. Hey, he cannot lie. He will be with us. Amen. I am with thee. How many have said to us, our prayers are with you, or we'll be with you in spirit. That's one of my favorites. Now, we won't be there, but we'll be there in spirit. We'll be with you in spirit. And this, my friend, I'm going to tell you, it's amazing how this spirits never do give anything in the offering. This spirits never pick up a songbook. Those spirits never do shake hands with visitors. Amen. Ain't that amazing? I'm going to tell you what else I've had. I've had folks that's here in body, but they hadn't been here in spirit. Amen. They've been with me in body, but they're not with me in spirit. In spirit, they're at the lake. They may be sitting there on the pew, but in spirit, they got a rod and reel in their hands. A deer rifle, or they're searching for a blue light special or a garbage sale somewhere on the side of the road. Amen. They're here in body, but not here in spirit. Hey, You, this morning, you look like you're with us, but some of you are here, and some of you are really not. Hey, you are able wall this morning, absent without the Lord. Amen. I mean, you're here, but you're not here. But I tell you, there's not an hour that the Lord is not near us. And no night so dark that His love cannot cheer us. There's not a friend like the Holy Jesus. No, not one. And no, not one. When He says, I'll be with you, He means it, friend. Amen. Well, when God tells Jeremiah he'll be with him, it's quite different than whenever we say, I'll be with you. I mean, with God, with you, when he says, I'll be with you, that word with, that literally means that he is in company with you. With is to gather together. With is to share. It is to have a commonality. It implies a firm bond, a close friendship, and an intimate connection. It means to be joined and to be connected, to be in constant company. It means to abide permanently. I'm glad God is with us. He abides. He abides permanently. God is involved in all that we do. You see, God is with us. Jesus can say to us, I've been there. I'll walk with you through this valley. I'll answer all of your questions. You see, He left heaven and came to earth for the whole purpose of being with us. That's why He said in Matthew 1 and 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is God with us. I tell you, He is with us. I am with thee. That's a precious promise He gives us when he says I am with thee because somebody's with me I'm not alone I'm not ashamed and I am not afraid hallelujah Woo! oh bless his dear name I have somebody with me with me connected to me in league with me in agreement with me together with me all the way I am with thee he's with us 
this morning. I want to say He is with us as Almighty. In verse number 10 it says in this our passage this morning, My friend, see, I have set thee this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. You see, since God is Almighty, He had the power to put Jeremiah in charge. My friend, have you, do you ever remember, some of y'all may be, may be a little older than what I am. I don't know what your practice was in school and those that are considerably younger than I am. I don't understand much nothing y'all say. So, I have, But I do know about those that are about my age group. And so we would say something like this whenever some kid in the classroom using the teacher's pet would say something to kind of boss the rest of us around. We'd say something like this. Just who is it puts you in charge? Who is it died and made you the king? I mean, who told you you could run this show just because you're the teacher's pet? I mean, that don't mean you're the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. You know the reason why the God could tell Jeremiah, I'll put you in charge. You know the reason why God could tell Jeremiah, I've set you over the nations, over the kingdoms, over the rulers. Because God's in charge. That's why He has the power, the authority, the sovereignty to delegate. He is with us as Almighty. We don't just have a conspirator with us. We have the King with us. He's God. He's Almighty and He's with us. I've found a lot of times people that were with me, but yet they weren't a whole lot of help because they really didn't have any authority. They didn't have any power. They were on my side, but it didn't do me a lot of good. But God is God Almighty. And He is with us. We have the Almighty with us. Amen. Oh, this prophet was... Uh, God said, I put you in charge. I put you over the nations. I put you over the kingdoms. I put you in there to root out and to throw down. And to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, and to build, and to plant. I mean, he's in charge, Jeremiah is. God gave him power over the nations. I want to say, by the way, by a sidebar, a parenthetical right now, and I'm coming back to my thought. Oh, my friend, there's a lot of folks don't like the idea of the preacher having any authority. He's supposed to be some sort of go fetch it. He's uh, my friend supposed to be somebody's doorman. But the Lord God of heaven called the man of God and Jeremiah and he said I tell you what I'm going to do preacher man I'm going to put you in charge and the king thinks he's running things but he's not I put you in charge Amen that's exactly right and the government is not to tell the church what to do and nobody is higher than the local church and nobody ranks above it. Amen. And I'm not even the shepherd here. I'm just the under shepherd. I'm not here to make sure that I tell everybody else what to do. I'm just here to make sure you don't tell everybody else what to do. Amen. And this outfit belongs to the Lord. This outfit belongs to God. We're His. He has authority. And He delegates it through His people according to His word. Amen. Why, that preacher thinks he's a dictator. He thinks he runs the show. I'm going to tell you right quick, like I don't run anything. I'm my friend. I'm not ashamed to run the vacuum cleaner. I'm not ashamed to run the garbage down to the dump. But my friend, what authority that I have is not because my name's Shelby Powers, but it's because God saw fit to put my title as pastor. And I'm serving Him. He's in charge. And God said, Jeremiah, you don't answer to the king. You don't answer to the nation. And you don't answer to the people. You answer to me. Amen. And God is with us and He's almighty. Amen. He's almighty. Now, my friend, God gave Him power. God gave Him power. But Jeremiah was never treated like royalty. My friend, God gave Him power though. Even above the royalty around him, he had power because he had access. You see, the king had a palace, a robe, and a crown. My friend, but Jeremiah had God with him. The sovereignty of God is seen in verse number 5. My friend, when the Bible said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto 
all the nations. In other words, God said, hey, I hadn't been sitting around up in heaven wondering what I was going to do, how I was going to fix Israel. I hadn't been watching you to see if you'd do good and all. I hadn't been deciding maybe what I'd ask you to do in your life before you ever came into this world, before you ever gleam in your daddy's eye, before you ever even existed, before you ever formed in the womb. I had a plan for your life. I knew what I was going to do with your life. I tell you, God sees the end from the beginning. He's sovereign. He knows all. He's in charge of all. He has power over all. And He'll honor His children and empower us with His presence. About fitting, He'll do so. Even when, like Jeremiah, we are in the vast minority. Amen. Jeremiah didn't have a crowd following him. The longer he preached, the smaller his congregation got. He ended up in the bottom of a well. I spent time down there and every once in a while they'd draw him up on a rope. And to say, do you still have a word from the Lord? He'd say, I certainly do. And he'd sit in and preach the same thing that got him thrown in the well to start with. He never did stop preaching that message. Persecution couldn't stop him. The king couldn't stop him. Principalities and powers couldn't stop him. In his own discouragement couldn't stop him. There was a fire set up in his bones, and it came from the Lord, and he just would not be deterred, and he would not be denied. Hallelujah. Because the Lord was with him. Even when we're in the vast minority, you realize what Jesus said to us in Matthew 18 and 20? He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. You haven't got to have 5,000 people in the congregation to have God in the middle of it. Amen. I tell you, whether it's two or three gathered together, God will be there. He's promised us such. I don't know if Brother John has multiple personality disorders or what, but he told me several years ago, he said, me, myself, and I, Father, Son, and I, Holy Ghost is six, and we got that scripture met at any time we want to have a meeting, we can just have a meeting. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm glad I have somebody with me. He's with me as Almighty. I want to say this morning, He's with me. And when others are against me, Amen. I mean, verse number 19, He told the prophet, He said, They shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee. The nations are going to be against you. The kings are going to be against you. The potentates and the powers and the principalities will be against you. But I'm going to be with you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? My friend Pharaoh was surely against Moses. But God told Moses in Exodus 3 and 12, certainly I will be with thee. In Exodus 33 and 14, my presence shall go with thee. And I will give thee that Canaanites were surely against Joshua that God promised Joshua in Joshua 1 and 5 as I was with Moses so also will I be with thee I will not fail thee nor forsake thee I tell you Paul knew what it was for men to be against him and my friend he told us in 2 Timothy 4 and 14 Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil the Lord reward him according to his works of whom Thou beware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. They were against him. He said in my first answer, no man stood with me. They were against him. Oh, but all men forsook me. He said, I pray that it not be laid to their charge. Here's where the verses hinge. And notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me to buy me the preaching and might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me in this heavenly kingdom to whom be glory and dominion forever. Amen. I tell you, God was with him and Jeremiah was unpopular with Jehoiakim. In verse 2, he preached during Jehoiakim's reign. He preached during Zedekiah's reign. He was unpopular with both of those kings. Matter of fact, one day he sat down and wrote the word of the Lord. And he wrote a letter to the king. And you know what the king did? He took a penknife. And he cut the letter up into pieces. And he threw it in the fireplace. And he burned up the word of God. You know what God told Jeremiah? He said, I hadn't forgotten what I told 
told you the first time, grab your pen and a piece of paper and sit down at the desk and write it again. I tell you, God's word is forever settled in heaven and it will not change. And God was with him. Amen. The kings were against him. The governments were against him. But God was with him. Amen. I am with thee as almighty. I am with thee when others are against thee. I am with thee always. We have that promise. I am with thee always. Matthew 28 and 20. Lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the world. Amen. Hebrews 13 and 5. I will never leave thee. Nor forsake thee. I mean all. Always, there are seven churches in Revelation that also represent seven church ages. And the last church, the last church age, representative of the last times, just before Jesus comes back, we find the Lord Jesus in Revelation three and twenty, and He said, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." And my friend, it seemed like they didn't have a place for Jesus, but Jesus had left. He's still standing and knocking, and He said, "Even." In this last day, when you think you're rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, when you're worshiping idols and think you're nothing yourself, when you don't care about me, when you've locked me out of the church, he said, if you'll just open that door, I'll come in, I'll sup with you, you can sup with me, somebody said, in this day, don't seem like nobody's with God, I tell you, if you'll get with him, he'll get with you, and my friend, he'll sup with you, he'll The Lord has not forsaken us in this day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Gideon was out threshing wheat and he was hiding while he threshed wheat. He was scared. All the enemies of God had wreaked havoc in that land. And an angel of the Lord came along there and he called him, my friend, this is the chosen of the Lord. He called him a brave soldier of the Lord. And he wasn't a brave soldier, but God is going to make him a brave soldier. And the Lord began to deal with Gideon. And the Lord told Gideon, said, God's with you. He said, if the Lord is with us, then why have all these calamities fallen on us? Why has all this trouble come in our lives? If the Lord is with us. But I'll tell you before it was all said and done. Oh, Gideon had a victory. 300 men over a whole army. And my friend, and they never even had to lift a sword. And God fought their battle for them. He found out God was with him. I'm going to tell you something, my friend, even in this day. While folks said it seemed like the church is going down. I seem like old time religion's in trouble. I seem like old time worship is a thing of the past. I get told everywhere I go, I ain't got to go up north to find it. I get told down south, hey, your kind of preaching is a thing of a bygone day. Hey, your kind of preaching is out of style. Hey, the kind of stuff you say and the way you say it, there's a like a blast from the past. And we don't see that anymore and I know we don't see much of it. But even in this day, God is not dead and heaven is not bankrupt. And I tell you, He will be with us. And my friend, God is with us. Amen. Matter of fact, the prophet of God told good King Asa, I said the Lord is with you while you be with Him. I said, but if you deny Him and forsake Him, He'll also turn against you. Amen. I thank God that I have the promise, I am with thee. He's with us. And so now let's come to the preaching. That's the introduction this morning. Let's come to the preaching. I'm going to give you a few things. No some points, just a few things this morning. I want to say first of all, God is with us. Like old Jeremiah here, God is with us to give us a word. Amen. We're living in a generation of very little preaching. As a matter of fact, folks sometimes comes around here and they say, seem like ever service. How you preach for about 45 minutes or an hour? When I was a boy growing up, they called this the preaching hour for a reason. Amen. That's exactly right. We're going to get done with Sunday school here in a little bit and have the preaching hour. That's what they'd say. And they meant it, Brother John. That's exactly right. Matter of fact, sometimes it was several preaching hours. Sometimes it was several preachers. And all of them preaching for an hour. And if you couldn't preach for an hour, 
preacher. They called you an exhorter. And they'd give you an exhorter's license until you could preach for an hour. And then they'd give you a preaching license for a year and then they would ordain you. But until then they'd say things like this. Oh, Brother Toby, I hear tell that you're a making a preacher. And now that's what the old timers would tell me. I hear a tale that you're a making a preacher. How I tell you, men was they heard I'd been preaching a long time. And I was getting close on to an hour. Some of those old timers are born in the late ends of the 1800s. They were so gracious to me when I was a lad of a boy. Early 1900s. They'd be mighty encouraged in heaven today if they heard tell that I finally made a preacher. Amen. That's exactly right. That's amazing how our attention span will last two and a half hours for some Steven Spielberg movie about something that ain't even real. Some goofball and leotards and now Finn shooting spider webs at skyrise buildings in New York City. And you'll watch that stupidity for two and a half hours. And then we come to church and the man of God get anointed with the Holy Ghost. And we start complaining about our back hurting and how hungry we are. I tell you, I'm telling you, our problem is we're so far away from God that we wouldn't hear him if he wants to call the beagle dogs in. I mean, Phil, we've just drifted a long way from the Lord. Amen. And when God's with us, He'll give us a word. Amen. The word of the Lord came into Jeremiah. The word of the Lord, the power of God came on Jeremiah. He gave him a word from the Lord. He began preaching the word of God. Matter of fact, He gave him such a word. When he tried to quit it, he couldn't. He gave him such a word when he said, I won't ever even say his name again. He said, I got weary and I couldn't stand it. And Jeremiah 29, He said, there was a fire set up in my bones. I became weary and could not forbear. I couldn't handle it no more. I said, if I don't preach again, I'm going to die. i got to tell somebody what the Lord's put in my life. To give us a word, to give us a word. The Bible said in chapter 1 and verse number 2, To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Jehoiakim, or Josiah, the son of Ammon, the king of Judah. In the thirteenth year of his reign also came the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah. In the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, the carrying away of Jerusalem. I'm captain in the fifth ninth. He preached through three of my fit administrations of kings. And he just kept on a preaching. Oh, Josiah loved him, but his voice hated him. And my friend, it didn't change Jeremiah. He had a word from God. Amen. By the way, and I don't want to be a smarty this morning. I'm just trying to preach. But there's a reason why so many preachers change their word over time. There's a reason why some of them used to preach and used to say and used to deliver and used to this and used to that. And I don't want to be a smart aleck. I'm just making an observation. One or two things is true. Either they don't believe what they used to or they never believed it to start with and only said it because it was acceptable at that time in the church and they quit saying it because it's not acceptable. Amen. Either they were phony then or they're backslid now. One of the two. There's no other way to get around it. If you're message has changed. And for my friend who you are and what you believe and to my friend the message you preach has changed. And one of those two things are true. Either you didn't believe it then to start with or you're backslid now. One of the two. Amen. Jeremiah never changed his message. It wasn't popular when it started. And it wasn't popular when it got done. And it got worse as time went by. But he just kept on preaching. I put him in a well, he preached. My friend sent him out of town, he preached. Persecute him, he preached. Mock at him, he preached. Church full, he preached. Church empty, he preached. Sweet corners, he preached. My friend, you tested by the fire, he preached. Where Jeremiah went, he was just a man of God. When Jeremiah was so smiling and laughing and happy, he preached. But most of his ministry, he was mourning and weeping, and he still preached. I tell you, he just would not let circumstances deter him because God was with him. He had a word from the Lord. 
Jeremiah was just flesh and blood, but God was with him and gave him a supernatural word in him. Oh, if we'll carry the message from the Lord, we'll have a word from God and we'll give a timely message to those in need. We need the Lord with us this morning. Proverbs 15.23 said, A man said, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and the word spoken in due season, how good it is. I'm going to tell you, there's lots of folks that hate the word of God. There's lots of folks that hate the word of preaching. But I tell you, when you need it, brother, when you get to the place where you're hungering for the Lord, when you get to the place where nothing else to do but to hear from God, when you get to the place where just a word from heaven, how would my friend fix what's in your soul? When you get to the place where you come to church and you sit down on the pew, I'm down on the inside, you give a million dollars if you had it. They're here from heaven. And God begins to send the Holy Ghost. I'm down on the man of God. And it seems like he goes to your mailbox, pulls out every piece of mail, reads your mail out to you, and tells your life story. And God begins to make it real in your heart. Sometimes I don't even need a whole verse. If I just get a word, if I just get something to hang on to, if I just know I heard from heaven, if I just hear a still small voice, I mean, just get a grip on the Lord. Thank God. I tell you, God will take care of us and send us a word. Amen. Man, not live by bread alone, but by every word that please proceed forth out of the mouth of God. God will give us a word at the right time, in the right spirit, for the right person when He's with us. And it's not just a preacher. I tell you, you ought to pray as a lay member. You ought to pray as a Christian. You ought to pray as a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a neighbor, a friend. You ought to pray. And my friend is a church member. That God is seasoning your speech with salt. That the Lord would give you a word of wisdom. That when people speak to you, that they'd be uplifted and edified and not to be torn down. Amen. You ought to pray God to give you a word to strengthen somebody, to encourage somebody, to be a blessing to somebody, to help somebody along the way. You ought to pray God to give you a word for some sinner that needs to be pointed to the cross. You ought to pray that God to give you a word to lift up the spirit of the saints of God. You ought to pray that God to give you a word that you can speak to the man of God that it help him that keep on keeping on. You ought to pray that God to give you a word that it bless your Sunday school class. You ought to pray God to give you a word that would instruct your children in the way of God. I tell you if God is with us like old Jeremiah he can give us a word. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A couple of weeks ago my supervisor came into the office and uh, he was about half strung out and upset and frustrated and just wired, you know, pacing back and forth, telling him about this and that and whatever, you know. And I was just sitting there listening and usually I am get about half strung out with him, you know. But I was sitting there eating dried bananas and drinking a cup of coffee and having a good time. And so he's just going on and on. And finally he sat down and he was talking a little bit. And he said, enough of all that. I said, what do you got lined up for this week? And I began to tell him, I was preaching revival up there that week in Cedar Town and began to tell him about it. And I said, my granddaddy passed away this morning. It was on that Monday. And I began to tell him a little bit about that, but I wasn't beside myself. And I began to tell him about the things that I had lined up ahead. But I told him, I said, Tim, I don't know how people live this life and do these things without knowing the Lord. And I began to tell him about that morning on the way to work and talking to the Lord and him talking to me and how good it is to be saved. And I got to weeping and crying and telling him how much I love the Lord and how good it was to know God and he's not a stranger to those things at all. Next thing you know, his frustrations were gone. And his blood pressure dropped about 20 points. And tears began welling up in his eyes. And he said, brother, said, that's a good word. He said, Pentecostal. And that's their phrase. He said, that's a good word. And his background, Pentecostal. He belongs to Baptist Church. That's a long story. And he said, that's a good word. And he said, I praise the Lord for God giving you that good word. He said, I needed it this morning. I said a while ago, I asked the Lord if He'd just give me a word. And said, God gave you a word and you gave me a word. And I said, He left out there and I thought, praise God. If He 
just gave me one word, but it fit us God's word. <laughs> I mean, just give us a word. If God is with you, He'll give you a word. Amen. What do you do when somebody calls out and they say, I got to go to the funeral home and my heart's broken? What do you do when they say, I'm headed to the doctor's office and I don't know how the report will turn out? What do you say when they say, I'm having so much trouble with my children and I don't have an answer and I don't know what to do? And by the way, you don't know what to do either. Don't try to fix everybody else's troubles. Pray for wisdom and pray for the Spirit of God that God might give you a word. Amen. Amen. He'll give us a word. You know what they said about that crowd in Acts 4 and 13? They didn't say, wow, them's the smartest preachers we ever heard in our lives. Isn't it amazing what all they know and how sharp they are and all that child training they got down there at the Bible school and seminary. Amen. And not at all. They said now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them. Now listen to me. They said that the ignorant men, they're unlearned, but we learn from them. Amen. They took knowledge of them. The ignorant men, they took knowledge of them. Everybody listening to me, I better look at them in the natural sense and they said we couldn't learn anything from those fellas. They're too ignorant. They're too uninformed. But they looked at Peter and John and James and they said, yeah, they're ignorant. Yes, they are unlearned. But we're taking knowledge from them. You know why they took knowledge from them? But that they had been with Jesus. I tell you, when He's with us, it changes our message to others. First John chapter 1 verse 3 said, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that she may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. John saying, because we've been with Jesus, we can tell you what it's like to be with Him. And if you want to get in on this fellowship, you can be with Him too. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Oh, that contrasts that with what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 11. He told Nicodemus, now he must be born again. Nicodemus marveled at these things. And Jesus told him, and John, Nicodemus said, how a man's going to be born when he's old, enter a second time to his mother's womb, and be born. But Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3 and 11, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that which we do know, and testify that which we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. I tell you, if you'll have a word of authority, a word of God, and you'll need to know what it is to have God with you. A little use in you trying to pretend you're spiritual when you're not. A little use in you trying to pretend you're a preacher when you're not. Un- uncalled, unsent, unanointed preachers do more harm than what they do good. Amen. I'm preaching a message of self and preaching a message of my friend of this old world and psychology. A message of salesmanship rather than a message of the gospel. And the blessed Savior of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you, if you'll have a word from God, if you'll get where God is, amen. As the old timers would say, get under the spout where the glory comes out and let God give you a word. And then God will have a word in your life that will be productive and profitable and powerful, amen. Amen. To give us a word, I am with thee. To give us a word. By the way, Preaching is about as popular in these days as a porcupine in a balloon factory. Amen. I mean, friend, preaching. I'm talking about real preaching, Holy Ghost preaching, Spirit filled preaching, powerful God, God anointing preaching. I'm my friend, preaching that cuts going in, cuts coming out. Preaching of the Word of God, preaching against sin. I'm preaching on the Savior, hell hot, heaven sweet. I'm talking about preaching where you lift up your voice. I'm my friend, like a trumpet, you cry loud. It's fair enough. By the way, these are not. I'm terms. These are scriptural terms. Amen. That's right. And Bible preaching is not cultural. It is biblical. Amen. That's exactly right. Oh, you only preach that way somebody told me one time. You only preach that way because that's the way they preach head down south. And that's the way they preach in the country. And that's the way they preach in country churches. And that's the way the Baptists preach. I wonder what we're going to do with cry loud and spare not. I wonder what we're going to do with lift up your voice like a trumpet. I wonder what we're going to do, my friend, with declaring to my people their transgression and the answer their sin. What are we going to do? Let preach the word be incident.
Pharisees and Isaacs and they prove rebukings are with all on suffering doctrine. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to come to a time where we realize what the Bible said is right. After they will not endure sound doctrine, but they'll heap of themselves teachers, have an itch in ears. He said from such turn away, they've turned their ears from the truth and the fables. Have they been lashed to hold? Have my friend of those in lead away? Have captive silly women laid with sins? Deceiving and being deceived? The ear ticklers and the snake oil salesmen? Have my friend a crown following me in the day? But I tell you, thank God, if a man of God's going to have a word from God, he needs God with him. I ain't got to have the crown with me, but I got to have the Lord with me. And I'd like for you to come on along and go with me. But if you don't, I'm going anyhow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. To give us a word. I've got to get on preaching. But I'll tell you, I can preach about two hours right here. The Lord gave me a word in Jeremiah as a 13-year-old boy. 27 years later, nearly 28 now, I'm still preaching that word that God gave me. And Jeremiah chapter 1 is not a sermon for me. It's a life that I have led. Since the day the Lord put His hand on me to carry His Word, He came in my life, saved me, Spirit filled me, called me into the ministry, and He gave me a Word. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I have folks say to me, that a word was that I told people on the phone, told people in person. How we talk people say all that kind of stuff. But I don't know how in the world you get in front of people all the time and talk to a crowd. Do that every day, every night. All the time, all weekend long, you just get in front of a crowd. Doesn't seem to bother you. Doesn't seem to trouble you. I stand in front of people talk to people. I'm going to tell you why, friend. Because i got something that I'm just dying to tell you about. That's something that means more to me than life itself. That's something that I must tell you. Matter of fact, every now and again, sometimes, I don't care if you testify at 2 o'clock, but sometimes on a Sunday morning, I can't wait for the choir to get done. I can't wait for the service to get finished. I want to say, y'all just go ahead and sit down now. It's just about preaching time. I mean, I'm just about to bust. It's time to share the word of the Lord. I tell you, if God is with you, He'll give you a word. Amen. He'll give you a word. He'll give you a word. I don't know about these preachers. Don't care if they preach or not. That troubles me. I mean, they can preach or they can not preach. It just don't matter. <laughs> well, I don't know if I want to listen to them or not. I mean, if they could just preach or not preach, it just don't make no difference to them. I mean, you haven't got to be the only one preaching. We went one night to a prison meeting and uh, there's a fellow didn't get preached and the meeting got on. Folks got saved. I mean, we had a crowd. Folks got saved. And he chewed me and Brother Eddie out that night because he, he was supposed to be the last preacher and uh, he didn't get preached. A bunch of people getting saved instead of him getting preached. And he chewed us out and said, boys, y'all run that meeting wrong. Let me get so high before I got up there. I studied seven hours and I I had the message. I mean, just chew the sound. I don't like that kind of junk, buddy. That's self-serving. But I don't like a man that don't care if he ever preaches or not either. I wonder about him. His experience is not the same as what my experience is. I mean, friend, I preached on the backside of the woods. I preached around a campfire in the barber shop, on the street corner, in the prisons, in the nursing home, on the radio, in the church house, outside the church. I'm not feeling the storefront. On the sidewalk. Amen. I preach where folks wouldn't listen, where they wouldn't listen, where they're glad to hear, where they threw rocks at me when I left. I've been grabbed and thrown into the bathroom at the back door. And my friend had folks save me by the collar. I threatened to whoop me. And my friend, all those things happened in church, by the way. I've had folks pull a pistol on me, cuss me out, and talk ugly about my mama. And this morning when I got up, I put my suit on. Church excited about Sunday school, excited about the singing, but looking forward to the time when they finally turn the preacher loose. And because I got a word from the Lord. Woo! If God is with you, He'll give you a word. Amen. Hallelujah. Uncouth, I know. Uncouth. 
That preacher y'all got down there at Truth Baptist Church, he's ill-mannered. Why, he must be an uneducated fool. I mean, the way he acts that way, gets all loud and sweaty and stomps and hollers and screams. He must not know his head from a hole in the ground. All that bluster is to overcome all of his ignorance. Say about it whatever you want to. I wouldn't even take the time and waste it to argue with you. But I'm telling you, I'd rather have the power of God on my life. I'm my friend that I have anything in this whole world. Every diploma that hangs on my wall. I'm my friend combined together. Can I replace what God put on me? In the woods when I was a boy. Wallowing on the creek bank. Begging God to send His Holy Ghost down. Praise God. Here a while back I got to complaining and told the Lord how out of style I was and how out of priest life. And my friend, the smooth voice boys. And I'm not to get all sweaty and loud. And the Lord reminded me back of that little creek bank. And He told me, He said, Why are you laid on that creek bank and prayed? You asked me to put this on your life. Woo! You asked me to put this on your life. And he said, now I put it on you and gave you what you asked for and don't complain about an answer to prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, my friend, and this morning I want to make an announcement. I'm glad I'm a man of God. I'm glad to be an old-fashioned, snot-slinging, slobbered and spitting the Holy Ghost preacher, hacking and stomping preacher man that believes in hell hot and heaven sweet. I'm the Bible writing Jesus, the dearest friend you ever had. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation. Everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek, I'm thankful I am one of them today. To give us a word, that's why it's with us. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, officer of the company several years ago had a fancy prime rib dinner. I sat down across the table from me. And he said, Mr. Powers, after a short talk and a little bit of small talk and so forth, he said, Mr. Powers, he said, I really enjoyed some of the things you contributed to the meeting today. He said, during the business meeting, he said, I can tell that you're a polished speaker. I said, son, I said, you've had, had some time speaking in public. And that shows how comfortable that you are. He said, some of them have even told me that you are some kind of preacher. I said, yes, sir, I am. I thought I'm just going to leave that where it lies, you know. He said, well, that's wonderful. He said, I'm Catholic. Told me what that church you attended. He said, I teach a little youth group there at the so-and-so Catholic church. And he said, but I love all kind of preachers. He said, I don't care. He said, if they're Catholic priests or if they're Pentecostal preachers or Baptist preachers or Methodist preachers or Presbyterians or Episcopalians, he said, I love all preachers. And then he paused for just a moment. And my friend, he said, there's one kind of preacher I don't much like. I don't like them hollering preachers. And about that time, he sort of leaned across the table. And he said, you're not one of them, are you? And I stuck my fork in that 40 some dollar prime rib that he was buying. And pulled it over there so he couldn't take it away. I leaned over the table and smiled. And I said, yes, sir. I'm on them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not ashamed to be one of them today. Amen. If God is with us, He'll give us a word. Amen. If God is with us, my friend, He'll give us the will. Amen. Not only will He give us a word, He'll give us the will to carry out His work. To preach the word, to do the things that God has put on us, to go on, to serve, to do he has said, and not to be afraid. And verses 8 and 9 say, Be not afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then God put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. And verse number 17, Thou therefore gird up thy loins. And my friend, get ready. Go to work. Pull your pants up. By the way, you boys, I wear a belt. Pull your pants up. Tuck your shirt in your pants. Amen. Turn your hat around frontwards. You can't shave your eyes with the bill of the cap unless you got eyes in the back of your head. Put your head backwards. Turn your hat around. Tuck your shirt in. Amen. Wear a belt. Pull your pants up. Lace up your shoes. Every little sloppy thing on you. That shows how lazy you are. Tighten up and get busy. 
I'd get them to work, amen. Ain't no way I'd hire somebody that didn't know how to buckle their belt, pull their pants up, lace up their shoes, and wear their hat from us, amen. Had no way on planet Earth. You think I'd hire somebody? I showed up on a job site. I bet they didn't tie their shoes that morning. See you later, I'll find somebody else, amen. If you can't tie your shoes, whatever it is we're doing, you can't do that either, amen. That's exactly right, friend. Some of y'all slaves, you'd be better off just wear slip-ons because you ain't going to tie them. At least them that stuck on your feet, amen. Oh my Lord, we're living in a lazy day. The Lord said, gird up your loins. Somebody said, I ain't in the Bible what you're preaching. Gird up your loins is what he told him. In other words, we haven't got time for slackness. And we don't have time for you to be sloppy. It's time to get your act together. It's time to pull things together. It's time to get busy. Get the wheel about you. Have to do what God has called you to do. We're so relaxed and so casual and then we're so scared of everything. Amen. Timid as bunny rabbits. Amen. And I ain't talking about Bugs Bunny either. He always outsmarts Elmer Fudd while he's hunting for rabbits. I'm talking about real rabbits, scared to death of everything and everybody. And we can't even run straight. Amen. That's exactly right. Y'all ever notice a rabbit can't even run straight? We can't even run straight. We're so messed up in this day. Somebody told me they run crooked on account they got eyes on both sides of the head. And they look in this one a little while and chase after that one. Look out of that one a little while and chase after this one. I don't know if that's right or not, but I know some folks that saved us like that. Seem like they got eyes on both sides of their heads. They're double-minded men, unstable in all their ways. They don't have the wheel. They're afraid. They're timid. They won't get busy. Amen. Oh, but Joshua 1 and 9 said, The Lord told Joshua, said, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Whithersoever thou goest. I tell you, God has told us we don't have to be afraid. The Lord reminded David in his elder years in 2 Samuel 7 and 9, He said, And I was with thee with Whithersoever thou winnest, and have cut out all thy enemies from out thy side, and have made thee a great name like in the men, and the great names that are in the earth. God commanded Moses in Deuteronomy 21, when thou goest out to battle, oh, my friend, he told him, I said, don't be afraid. When thou goest out to battle, and chariots and seest horses, and chariots and a people that are more than thou, and be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up by the land of Egypt. He said to Isaiah and Isaiah 43 and 2, When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And to the rivers, he said, They shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, they shall not be burned. And neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. If God is with us, He'll give us the wheel to go on. When you want to quit, God will give you the wheel, not the W-H-E-E-L, the W-I-L, wheel to go on. There's some people running around that they're just on one wheel. That's all they got left. But I tell you, if you're down to one wheel, God will give you the wheel, W-I-L-L, to go on. God will give us a wheel. If God's with us and He is, He'll give us a word. If God's with us, He'll give us a wheel. And I'm finishing preaching here. I need to. Lord, help us. We're going to have a shower in just a little bit. I look like I done had one this morning, don't I? Amen. At least this afternoon, y'all won't be able to tell me that I need one. And they do. Amen. God is with us. He gives us a word. If God is with us, He gives us a will. If God is with us, He gives us work. There's something He wants us to do. The Lord didn't just save you to carry you to heaven. If He did, He would have saved you and killed you right where you stood. He's left you here these days to do something for God between here and heaven's world. To do something for heaven's sake. Amen. Verse number 10, he said, See, I have set thee this day over the nation. I know the kingdoms, but this was not just authority. My friend, this was also my friend, a command. This was a charge. And he said, you got work to do to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and then to build and to plant. I mean, all of these things were the work that Joshua was to do. Joshua was not called into the gospel ministry to eat chicken and flirt with women. He was called to be a man of God. And there was a work for him to do. It was an important work. 
hard work, momentous work, rigorous work. And the Lord told the prophet Jeremiah, it'd be this way. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34, He told us it'd be that way. He said, and when He called the people together unto Him with His disciples, also He said unto them, Whosoever will come to Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. I tell you, there is work for us to do. If God is with us, He'll give us a work. God's with us, He'll make us a wall. Look at verse number 18 if you still got your Bibles open. Don't give up on me yet. I'm getting there. I feel like I'm saying something while I'm getting there. Amen. All that talk about the preaching hour earlier, if I was to quit early, y'all would be disappointed in me, wouldn't you? God gave him a wall, made him a wall in verse 18. Behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, an iron pillar, a brazen wall against the whole land. God compared to Jeremiah and the field with his presence to a defense city, to an iron pillar, to brazen walls. That speaks of our strength when God is with us. If God is with us, it makes us a wall of protection for others. If God is with us, He makes a pillar of strength for others. If God is with us, He makes us a picture of grace for others. When God is with you, you can be a wall. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm not the door friend. That's who Jesus is. He told us that this morning in the Sunday school lesson. Jesus said, I am the door. I'll tell you what Paul told us so. We're part of the wall. He said we're part of God's building. All fitly framed together. Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. If God is with you, He'll make you a part, a structural part of the integrity of the church. And I thank God that I'm in the wall. Amen. And my friend Mexico didn't pay for it. Hallelujah. Amen. The Congress does not have to authorize it. We don't need a man with big yellow hair. And my friend propose it. And God will make us a wall. Amen. God will make us a wall. I don't know if you know how to build a wall this morning, but I sure wish to God the Lord would teach you and you'd learn how to build a wall of prayer around your children. How to build a wall, my friend, of of will and of determination around your Christian life. How to build a wall of Bible reading and study and devotion, my friend, in your personal walk with God. Build some walls, amen. People built a wall in the days of Nehemiah because they had a mind at work. God help us. I want to tell you the Lord is with us this morning to give us a win. Everybody listening? He's with us to give us a win. Amen. <laughs> Several years ago, Brother Eddie's dad sent us to get a... I just got to tell it because I'll giggle about it if I don't. He sent us to get a piano from a man. And the man's name was Lynn. L-Y-N-N. And Brother Eddie's dad didn't have any teeth. And he said, Brother Eddie, so now the man, son says, a man's name is Wynn. And Brother Eddie said, how do we spell that, Dad? He said, Wynn. L-Y-N-N. Wynn. Brother Eddie's writing it down. He never could. His name's Wynn. No, son, it's not Wynn. It's Wynn. L-Y-N-N God is with us this morning to give us a win W-I-N to give us a victory is what I'm saying what I'm telling you is God told old Jeremiah in verse 19 and the people shall fight against you Heaven said they'll not prevail against you God's going to give you the win you know who the winner is it's the child of God Every stage of life looked like Jeremiah was losing. But I tell you, when he arrived in the presence of God, Jeremiah was a winner. I tell you, God is with us to give us a win. We're not losing, we're winners here this morning. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be intimidated by this old world. Amen. God is reminding us, I am with thee. Come on with this song, please. Jeff Gibson wrote a song back in the early 80s that said, I walked through a valley so dark and so low. The sun did not shine there, but a lily did grow. I cried to my father, oh, how could this be? 
And he said, Can't you see, child? I am with thee. Oh, praise God. Then he said, I climbed up the mountain till I reached the top. And there sprang a fountain in a dry, barren spot. Again, my heart whispered. My eyes could not see. Again, Jesus said, Child, I am with thee. I am with thee. I am with thee. Through the fire, through the flood, you are covered by the blood, for I am with thee. Don't be afraid today. If God's before us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. I tell you, my friend, we are winners. We can't lose for winning. God is with us. I wonder, are you with Him? Everybody stand if you need to pray. The message has been preached this morning. Now it's up to you what you'll do with it. Don't live in defeat when there's victory to be had for you. Sing for us when you're ready. You're singing right. You're doing right this morning. If you need to pray, would you come? Hallelujah. the Lord. Y'all listen to that. You ever been in those places? The sun didn't shine there, but there's a lily growing. The lily of the valley. (laughs) How can this be? He told me how. (laughs) Can't you see? I'm in the to come shortly to me for Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world has departed to Thessalonica Crescens to Galatia Titus unto Dalmatia seemed like everybody had forsook him but then he said only Luke is with me Luke was like the Lord he's just with him in league with him in agreement with Him. Close by His side. i tell you what I want to do. I want to be like Luke. I want to be like Jesus. I want to stay close by where the Lord is. I know He's with me. I sure want to be with Him. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you've obeyed the Lord this morning. <laughs>